0: Hey guys, man, let's uh, let's give it up one more time for our worship team. Man, I love them. That's awesome. Um, that's so good. That's so good. Hey, uh, man, I, I know John just led us in prayer, but I just really want to pray right now. I just really want to ask God to bless us. We're launching into a, a new series today called "The Blessed Life," and uh, let's just ask God to do something special. I think God's really up to something here, and uh, so let's just let's just pause really quick and pray. All right, guys, Father, thank you for today. And God, thank you for everything that you have already done. God, we could leave right now and say that we've met with you. But God, I I think that you want to speak something really clearly uh, and and, and just very succinctly into our lives today. Simple message, but a profound truth that can change all of us. So make it happen in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, hey, I need some, I, I want some crowd participation here. So I want everybody involved. We're launching a new series today, like I said, called The Blessed Life. And, and, I, and I'm going to ask a question, and I want 100% of you uh, involved, okay? So I see, I see a lot of new people here today, and um, I, n- I know that I don't want to assume that we're all on the same page spiritually. I know there are some of you here, you're, you're not a Christian, you're giving this thing a test drive today, maybe you don't even believe in God or, or anything like that. And listen, if that's you, you're here, you don't believe in God, I just want you to pretend with me, just for a second. I just want you to play along because I'm going to ask a question, and, and, I, and I'd like to get 100% of you, again, to answer this question just by raising your hand, okay? So here's the question, and you can answer this affirmatively by raising your hands or whatever. Um, how many of you want God to bless your life? Raise your hand, okay? There we go, there we go, uh, there you go. A lot of hands, almost every single hand. Here how many of you would want God to bless your family? Raise your hand, okay? Some of you aren't raising your hands, so you want God to curse you um, the, the Cursed Life is our next series. It's coming for you, okay? I don't, uh, right? Um, but, but listen, you know, I, I see, I, I was wondering how many people um, would raise their hands there because I thought that everybody would, you know, say in their hearts at least or inside, yeah, I would like that, but, you know, is that something that I should really want? Should I even say that I want that? Listen, listen, listen. It is good to want God to bless you. It, it is perfectly fine. It is acceptable. In fact, you should want God to bless to bless you. You should want God to bless your family, but the question is how? How can you put yourself in a position so that God can bless you? your life. And see, when we think about blessing or being blessed by God, the, a lot of us, what we think is we get this idea in our head that to be blessed by God means that God would give us a lot of things. So that God would maybe uh, give us more money, give us more square footage, that sort of thing. And to get, th- so to be blessed would be to get more things from God, and and listen, 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 Um, if you've come today thinking, oh man, this is finally the series where Mark tells us how God wants to make us rich, how God can give me the Ferrari that I've wanted, the hotter spouse that I've been praying for, and all these, this is finally the series that I've been wanting. Listen, this is not that series, okay? This is not that series, okay? Because I just want you to know, and you can watch this, uh, you you see this a lot on television, um, and it's called uh, Prosperity Theology, is what it's called. And it's just this idea that God wants everyone to be rich. And so, again, if you watch Christian television a little bit, you might have seen some guys, not everybody that's on there does this, but there are some guys on there uh, that, that will say things like this. They might look at the camera and they'll say, Listen, brothers and sisters. God, and they always say God, have you noticed, as if it's spelled G-A-W-D. Have you noticed this? God wants to bless you. You know, and, and the guy's wife has purple hair so high it's in her own zip code. She's crying, mascara all over, all over her face, like she just lost a paintball fight and all of this stuff. And, and the guy is on, and the guy's on TV, and he said, I was just on my private jet the other day. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Thinking that God wants you to be rich. And if you send him $1,000, right? then God will make you rich. Listen, 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 that's not in the Bible, okay? It's not in the Bible. Uh, It's not in the Bible, and that's not what this series is about. But I want you to know that God wants to bless you. It isn't as if we want to be blessed by God, and God is in heaven looking back and says, I don't really want to bless you. No, God wants to bless you. Every person that's here today, in fact, Jesus says it in John chapter 10, verse 10, that Jesus came to give life and to give life more abundantly. So the abundant life that Jesus came to give is a blessed life. But here's what I want you to consider with me as we're going through this series, four weeks long, as we're going through this, I want you to consider something with me. What if God thinks differently about what it means to be blessed than you and I do? What if God thinks differently about what it means to bless me and to bless you than you and I might think about what it means for God to bless us? And we're going to bring it up here on the screen here. Uh, we're going to bring up on the screen Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 35. Acts 20, verse 35 is really our big idea for the entire series. Watch this verse here. In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus How he himself said, watch this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It it, it is more blessed, Jesus says, you're blessed. You're living the blessed life if you and I, if we can position our lives so that we give ourselves away. So that we live for something bigger than ourselves. I mean, this is exactly the reason why you and I love stories. You might see on 2020, Dateline, the news, or you read about in magazines of people who have sold themselves out to want to help other people. Maybe they've done something so sacrificial. And we just see those stories and they resonate with us at a really deep level. And we might say things like, oh man, I would love to do that. I would love to make that much of a difference. I would love to give myself away like that. And the reason we love those stories is because Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. But we don't come out of the womb wanting to be givers, do we? If, you're, if you disagree with that, it shows you don't have kids, right? All the parents in the room know that you don't come out of the womb wanting to be a giver, because if your kids were anything like my kids, one of the first words my kids learned is the word, mine. Anybody else's? Mine. That's mine. I didn't realize that everything I had really belonged to a a three-year-old until I had a three-year-old. Anybody? Right? The house is theirs. The car is theirs. Your clothes, you wear them. They're really theirs. All the food in the house, it's theirs. The money in the bank is theirs. It's all mine. Right? And and, and I I have three kids. And so my kids are constantly, don't touch that. It's what? You say it. It's mine. Give me back that's mine. My kids have yet to have the argument where one looks at the other and says, oh, sister, I simply want to bless you. Here, take it. Oh, no, brother. No, I can't take. It's more blessed to give. You take it, brother. I want to be a giver. Have your kids done that? Because if your kids do that, my kids need to hang out with your kids. If for nothing else, to corrupt yours. Okay? Just to mess yours up. Right? Right? This this isn't natural for me. It's not natural for you. It's not natural for anybody. And so what we're going to do every week in this series, we're going to talk about how to position ourselves to live a life that's blessed by God. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about the pathway to the blessed life. How can you and I get to the blessed life? And every single week of this series, I'm going to give us a statement that really, that really the only reason I'm going to give this statement every week, it's a different one to kind of sum up the sermon in one sentence. Just so that it'll stick with you, you can carry it around for a little bit and remember exactly what we said. So here's our sticky statement for today. It's this statement right here. It'll come up on the screen here in just a minute. It says, I was made for more. You want to sum up the sermon in one sentence today, there it is. I was made for more. In fact, just so that I can know that you're with me, can we all read that together? Let's read it out loud. I was made for more. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn it on on your app, your uh, mobile device, phone, open it up if you've brought one with you to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 is where we're going to be today. If you don't have a Bible, don't really worry about it because the words are going to be on the screen behind me in just a moment. But Luke chapter 12 is where we're going to be and we are going to be in verses 13 through 21 today. And as we read this, we're going to walk through this. I'm going to give us some context as we're going through this. I'm going to talk through it, so I'm not simply going to read it like we normally do. I'm going to walk us through this one today. But Luke, in, in Luke 12, 13 through 21, just so that we can know what's happening, Jesus is talking to a big group of people Maybe about, a, about the size or maybe a little bit bigger than the group that we have here. And those people, they weren't in a nice room like this with chairs. Some of them would, would have been sitting on the ground. Some of them would have been standing. And so Jesus is teaching to a large group of people. And right in the middle of Jesus' sentence, while he is talking, all of a sudden, we get verse 13. Read this with me. Let's begin to walk through this. Someone in the crowd said to him, again, he's talking. They just, it would be as if somebody right now just yelled something at me. Don't do that because that's awkward. I wouldn't know what to do, all right? But Jesus, the Son of God, knows everything and knows how to handle awkward crowd situations. And so watch what happened. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And so Jesus is teaching, but here's this guy, and we're not really told anything about the man, his name, or anything like that, but he has a financial situation with his brother. His brother owes him a portion of an inheritance, his brother owes him some money, and so this guy yells at Jesus and says, Jesus, hey, you need to tell my brother to give me my money. Well, this is an awkward situation. Everybody would have looked at him, and then they would have looked at Jesus and thought, what in the world is Jesus gonna do now well let's watch what jesus does jesus says this in verse 14 but he said to him man who made me a judge or arbitrator over you in other words jesus says listen dude what's that my business if your brother owes you money well then you need to talk to your brother about the fact that he owes you money that is not any of my business and then jesus seizes this as an opportunity to teach a truth Because Jesus saw what was going on inside of this man that made him say it. Just like Jesus sees what's going on in every single person in this room right now. And Jesus saw what, saw what was happening inside of this man's heart that made him interrupt Jesus and say, Jesus, tell my brother to give me my money. And so Jesus takes this and turns it into a teaching opportunity. And listen to what he says in verse 15. And he said to them, so now he's looking at this guy and he wants to teach all of them and all of us a lesson about how to position ourselves for the blessed life. And he says this, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness in other words jesus knows that really at the root of this man's problem is he's greedy jesus can see his heart and he said and jesus says hey, hey hey you need to not be like this guy and then jesus says one of the most countercultural things that he could say especially in the world that you and i live in today look at the rest of the verse for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions For one's life does not consist in how much you have. Now think about this. Don't you and I hear the exact opposite today? You you and I hear the exact opposite message. I was thinking about this this past week. Do you guys remember those shirts and uh, stickers, everything everybody used to wear, no fear? Remember that? Remember that? No fear. Remember that? And it was a horrible time for our civilization because guys that shouldn't have cut the sleeves off of their shirt and wore those in public did that. We all thought, look at my guns. Look at my guns, people. Look at that. Why didn't anybody tell me not to do that? Thank you. But I've, I've, I'm in counseling for it. But do you remember one of the most popular things? Of the, like some of it, maybe you had that shirt. I still see it every once in a while. You can finish it. Say it with me. He who dies with the most toys what? Wins. He who dies with the most toys wins. In other words, your life is made up of what you have. Life is all about getting a lot of stuff, accumulating a lot of things. And listen, we get that message every single where, every single place that we turn. Every commercial that you and I have ever seen says essentially this. Every commercial, doesn't matter if it's in print, doesn't matter if it's on television, wherever there's a commercial, every commercial says to you and says to me, hey, your life stinks. Your kids stink. Your bathroom stinks. Your car stinks. You need to buy this. You need to drive this. You should wear this. You should eat this. You should clean your bathroom with this. And if you do, your life won't stink. At least maybe that's the commercials that I see, right? And so so here's what happens, here's what happens. All of a sudden what we do is we begin to look at things around us and we begin to look to things around us and try to get from things what we can only get from God. So we start to look to things and things we can invest in and relationships with other people and for those things to try to solve the loneliness and the void that's inside of our souls when the only thing that can really solve that void is Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what was going on with this man. And that's exactly what's going on with some of you. And so Jesus does what he always does. He tells a story. And so Jesus begins to tell a story in verse 16. It says this, and he told them a parable. The word parable, it just simply means story. It's a made-up story meant to teach a spiritual truth. And listen to the story that Jesus says Jesus, again, he's making this story up. He, want, he wants you and I to understand this point. Watch what he says here. Listen to this story. The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. So here's the story so far. There is a rich man. And this guy's a farmer. He's planted. And he's about to bring in a massive harvest. Now, Jesus' society was an agriculturally based Society, which meant this man was loaded. This man was absolutely loaded. He was rich. He had so much stuff. He had so much money. He had so many things. Look at the conclusion that he makes there at verse 18. Well, verse 17, he says, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? I've got so much money, so much stuff. I've got nowhere to put all of my stuff. So verse 18. And he said, here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. So here's what I'm going to do. I've got so much stuff, I don't have anywhere to put my stuff. I'm going to tear down the barns, build bigger barns so that I can store my stuff. Watch this. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, And be married stop right there so this guy looks at his life and he says oh man I have arrived man I'm rich I can do whatever I want to I've made it I've climbed the corporate ladder if this guy were alive today he would have driven the best car he would have worn the nicest clothes he would have taken all kinds of awesome vacations and put pictures of himself on Facebook and tagged it hey losers what's up you know what I'm saying while you're at work I'm on the beach you know what? I bet this guy, every once in a while, probably went to synagogue, which is Jesus in Jesus' day, their form a church. See, because every once in a while, I've heard this story preached, and if you've got a church background, maybe you're familiar with this story, but every once in a while, I've heard this story preached like this guy is a bad man, like he's done something evil it's as if he's breaking bad and he's making meth out of his basement and he's selling it and that's how he really got rich but jesus doesn't say that jesus says this guy's a farmer he planted he got a huge he got a huge harvest he's worked hard i bet he went to church every once in a while too i bet people who went to church would look at this guy and see all that this guy has and they'd say you know what man you are really blessed you're real blessed he would probably look back at him and say, Yeah, 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 you're right. I guess I, I guess I am blessed. And this guy takes stock of all that he has, all of the investments, how everything has come in, and how he is rich. And he says, This, you know what? I'm going to take the rest of my life and I'm going to enjoy this. Man, I'm going to spend the rest of the years of my life enjoying everything I work to get. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink, and I'm going to be merry Because listen, I only get one life, and so I'm going to spend the rest of my life, I've worked hard to get to this point, I've poured myself out to get to this point, and so I'm going to spend the rest of my life enjoying everything I've worked at, and then all of a sudden, verse 20, but God, but God said to him, fool, and look at how fool has an exclamation point after it. Do you see that? God looks at this guy, and and here's a guy who's lived his whole life to get and to save and to invest and to provide for himself probably, provide for his family possibly. And God looks at him and says essentially, what are you doing? Because watch what happens next. This night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? In other words, you're thinking that you're going to spend years enjoying this You've got hours to live. You are going to die tonight. And when you die, all this stuff that you built bigger barns for, who gets it? Because you can't take it with you. And then Jesus gives this ominous statement in verse 21. We're going to come back to it. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. See, this guy made the same mistake that a lot of us tend to make, the same mistake that potentially you might be making today, and it's the, it's the mistake of living for the dot rather than the line. He makes the mistake of living for the dot rather than the line. You say, what in the world is that? That doesn't make any sense. Let me, let me explain to you what it is. It'll even come up here on the screen in just a second. Several years ago, there was a guy by the name of Randy Alcorn. And Randy Alcorn wrote a book called The Treasure Principle. And at some point in the book, all of a sudden you'll turn the page and there's this massive dot on the page and out from that dot comes a line with an arrow at the end of it as if to as, as if to symbolize that the line goes on and on and on and it never ends and he says this in the book i've never forgotten it he says this the problem with a lot of people is that a lot of people are living for the dot rather than the line say so what in the world does that mean what's the dot here's what that stuff means the dot is the life that you and i are living right now The dot is the life that you and I are living right now. It's this life. And listen, it doesn't matter if you get nine years on this planet in this life or you get 99 years on this planet in this life. This life, when you take the time that you and I get here and you compare it to how long eternity is, you compare the years that we get here or the weeks, days, months that we get here, and you hold it up to the time span of eternity, this life, no matter how long, no matter how short, is basically a dot. The Bible in the book of James says that our life is like a vapor. Do you you know what that means? Have you been outside lately when it's cold and you breathe out and all of a sudden you can see your breath, right? How long does it stay in front of you? Just a few seconds. And then it's gone. And the Bible says that's what your life is like. And the problem is that so many of us are pouring all of our energy and all of our investments and all of our thoughts and goals and hopes and dreams into the dot, Oh man, I hope I get that promotion so that we can get that house and then we can buy that car and then we can take all of those awesome vacations. I can get my kids whatever they want. I can buy my wife whatever she wants. We can retire at an early age and live great on the dot. Oh, I hope he asks me to prom. I hope he asks me to prom and then after that I graduate and I get into the school that I've always wanted to go to so that I can have that career. That'll make me really happy so that I can live happily on the dot. And listen, listen, listen. Don't hear me say that this life, the dot, doesn't matter. This life matters. Life is a precious gift from God, and it's a gift that you and I are to be thankful for. We're to enjoy that gift. We're to soak that gift up. But listen, don't ever forget that the life that you and I get on this planet, in this life, when you hold it up to eternity, it is a dot. And after this life, There is more to come. And so many people plan and scheme and invest for this life, but they never consider what comes next. And God is looking at us when we do that, and he says, What are you doing? Because you were made for more. In fact, I need us to see two things very quickly, two things extremely quickly. If you're taking notes, you need to be ready to write these things down because we're moving here, right here. If we're going to begin to live the blessed life, if we're going to get on the pathway to the blessed life and see that we were made for more, we need to really see two things. The first thing we need to see today is that life is shorter than we think it is. Life is shorter than we think it is. Did you see what this guy said after he built his bigger barns, after he looked at all of his stuff? How long did he think he had to enjoy it? It says says this, he looked at all of his things, he looked at everything that he had, and he says this in verse 19, so you have ample goods laid up for many years. He thought he had years to live, when in reality he only had hours to live. See, if you and I knew how much time we really had left, we would be shocked would you agree with that me me included i'm not i'm not yelling at you hey what are you doing i've got this figured out listen you know what i plan to be at my kid's graduation I, i hope to walk my daughters down the aisle one day but i don't know if i get the next three hours do you see this Life is shorter than we think that it is, and the reason we think that, the reason we think, oh, you know what, I'm young, I'm invincible. Oh, you know what, I work out, I'm really healthy, or I love this one, I've got good genes. I'm gonna live forever. I got good genes. This guy thought that. And see, the reason that we think that is because sin makes us short-sighted. See, the Bible says in a book called Romans, in Romans chapter three, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short Of the glory of God. And what sin has caused all of us to do, sin causes us to live for things other than. God. So we invest in the dot and we think, oh man, this is it and I've probably got a lot of time left. I've probably got years left so I'm going to eat, drink and be merry and I'm going to invest and I'm going to save and I'm going to buy and I'm going to accumulate. And listen, listen, listen. You might be here today and you're not a really spiritual person but I want to say this because it's true. If you don't look to Jesus to save you, you will look to something to save you. If you don't look to Jesus to save you, you're going to look to something to save you. Some of you, your job is your salvation. Some of you, your income is your salvation. Some of you, your kids are your salvation. Your spouse is your salvation. If Jesus doesn't save you, then you will look to something to save you. But here's the problem, and listen, I know this sounds really preachery for me to say, but it's absolutely true, and I'm just going to say it. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you really don't have anything. And here's why that's true. Here's why that's true. Because everything that you and I have outside of Jesus, we will lose one day. Money. Money. People love to talk about money in church, don't they? <laughs> no, they hate it. Um, money. You're going to lose all the money that you've got. Some of you are thinking, good, I ain't got none anyway. Okay, well then it won't hurt much. Okay? <laughs> You're going to lose it all. You're either going to lose it in this life or you're going to lose it the second that you die because you can't take it with you. My hand's up for this question. How many of you right now, if you found out the actual time that you were going to die, if you knew how much time you have left, you you would say, you know what, if I knew how much time I have left, it would change the way that I live right now. My hand's up. Anybody else? I've got some priorities that would shift. Life is shorter than we think that it is. In in the span of things, it's a dot. So life is shorter than we think that it is. But the second thing we need to see is that eternity is longer than we think it is. Eternity is longer than we think that it is. I don't know if you've heard the research lately, but everybody dies. Did you know this? 100% of people. It's, it's, It's universal. It's spreading. Everybody dies. Did you know that? And, and listen, but here's what the Bible says will happen when all of us die. When we die, our souls leave our bodies and our souls will go to somewhere where we will live forever. Now, our bodies won't stay in the ground or wherever we are or whatever. One day there's going to be a resurrection of the body and it will be reunited with our souls. But if we die today, when we die, our souls leave our body and they will go to one of two places, heaven and heaven. Or hell, and we will live forever. Did you know that? Did you know that you have never set eyes on anyone that will not live forever? Everybody lives forever. The question is where? Everybody does. Everybody lives forever in one of two places, heaven or hell. That's why the blessed life starts the moment that we realize I was made for more. That's why I want to say to you today, I see a lot of new faces here today, and some of you, maybe you've been coming for a couple of weeks, and you don't really have a relationship with God, and you're looking at your past thinking, you know what? God, I'm too dirty. God couldn't save me. Or you've been putting it off, giving your life to Jesus, thinking, hey, you know what? I've got time. I'll do that later. I want to say to every person in the room, regardless of how young or old, you are loved by God today. Man, you are loved by God. And and listen... It does not matter what your past is. He loves you. It does not matter what decision you made last night that you regret today. He loves you. It doesn't matter what somebody did to you that they should never have done and you should never have experienced. You are loved by God today. You are loved by God so much that 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son, Jesus, here to earth. And when Jesus was here on earth, he died on a cross, and when Jesus died on the cross, he took every single sin that every single person in this room has ever committed and will ever commit, and on the cross, Jesus paid for that sin so that there is no sin in you that can't be greater, than, that is greater than his grace. His grace is greater than every sin in the room, and on the cross, he purchased your salvation. He purchased your forgiveness, and then Jesus died. And Jesus did what no one has ever done when they died. Three days later, Jesus comes back from the dead. And he beat death. And he beat death to show you and to show me that life is short and eternity is long. And if today you give your life to him, then you can enter into a relationship where your past can be wiped clean. Your future changed. Your eternity changed. And your present changed forever. You can enter into that relationship today. Verse 21. Listen to verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Man, man that's, that's, that's such a scary verse because here's what Jesus says. When Jesus says so is the one who's rich toward himself and not rich towards God, here's what Jesus says. When Jesus says so is the one, here's what he's really saying. Guys, this happens over and over, and over, and over. This happens all the time when people think it's all about the dot, and they never think about the line. This happens all the time when people think, you know what, I've got time. This happens all the time when people think, hey, you know what, all life is about is getting out of school, making a lot of money, having the house, having the white picket fence, having the dog, having a few kids if you can, and then retiring, and then you die to become worm food, and what most people forget is there is a line after the dot, and it is long, Longer than this life. See, I don't want Christians to hear this sermon today and think, oh man, I like this one, I'm off the hook. No, you're not. Because it is just as easy for Christians to give their life to Jesus, have Jesus change their life, and then all of a sudden slip back into living for the dot rather than the line. Has anybody found that to be true? I have found that to be true. You can be a Christian and slip back into living for the dot rather than the line that's why jesus says listen 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 yes save here yes invest here yes plan here but when's the last time you made an investment towards a rich relationship with jesus christ say how do i make an investment towards that Life groups is an investment towards a rich relationship with Jesus. Becoming a partner and inviting your friends to church, serving, giving. Those are all things that are investments towards a rich relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what? I just want to be really clear here. We're starting this series, The Blessed Life, today. And I want to say to every single Christian in the room, if you've got a next step that God's telling you to take and you're refusing or you're giving excuses why you can't take that step, until you take that step, that will be the barrier from you experiencing the blessed life. Every Christian, you are one step away from God. breaking it into your life in ways you've never imagined. What's that step? You know and God knows. Take it. But see, so many people have this life planned out. And some of you are here today and you're looking at your life and you're thinking, you know what, I've saved well, I've invested well, I'm providing for my kids, I'm providing for my spouse, and you know what, you should do those things. The point of the sermon is not to do those things. Praise God that you've done those things. But have you considered the fact that there is a line after the dot? Teenagers, you feel young, you feel invincible, you think it's all in front of you. I've known teenagers who have thought they got a lot more life in front of them than they do life behind them, and they were wrong. And so we plan out this life and we, and we invest and we pour energy into this life that the Bible calls a vapor. And today you can enter into a rich relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can cause you today to begin to live for the line rather than simply the dot. And all it requires is you right there where you sit Teenagers, men, women, moms, dads, kids, grandparents. It just requires you coming to God just as you are and asking Jesus to forgive you for your sin. Come into your life and he will change you and he will set you free. And you can leave today and you might look the same, but everything inwardly has changed because you have moved from living for the dot to all of a sudden living for the line. And listen, if you're here thinking, you know what, I'll do that next week, you don't know if you get it next week. But you get right now. I believe that's why God brought you here today. Because it's time to stop putting off and pretending that the dot is it when there's a line after the dot. Life is shorter than we think, and eternity is longer than we think. Church, will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, right now, I just pray for every single person that's in this room right now within the sound of my voice. And God, you know their heart. You know our hearts today. God, it is no accident that we find ourselves here in this room. I believe this is a sovereign moment. God, I believe that you brought people here because you're speaking to people and you're telling them today, hey, you know what? It's time to stop living just for the dot. Begin to live for the line. I believe you're telling people, hey, today's the day they need to give their life to you. I believe you're speaking to Christians today and you're saying, hey, you know what? You're starting to live like there's nothing after this. There is more and you were made for it. So Jesus, today I pray that you'd give us courage to make the decisions that we need to make. I pray that you'd help us to drop the excuses and take away every distraction that might be in our hearts and minds and help us to hear from you clearly right now and follow you exactly the way that you are leading every one of us with every head bowed and with every eye closed. If you're here today, you're a Christian and God has spoken into your heart. Christians, if God has spoken into your heart today and he said to you, hey, you know what? You need to begin to live more for the line rather than just for the dot, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up all over this room. Keep Raise your hand up and keep them up. Raise them up high. Let me see them. Hands are going up all over this room. Let me tell you right now, if God is moving in your life and you need to get up, you need to pray with somebody, hey, you know what, I've got some issues. I feel like I'm walking away from God. I feel like God is doing something really deep in me. I need to pray with somebody. I want you to get up out of your seat right now and go to the back. That's you. If God is moving in your heart, you need to get up and go pray with somebody. I want you to get up and go right now. Don't miss this opportunity. But let me ask everybody this question. Are you a lot like the man that we just read about in this story? where you saved well? You've invested well. You've got everything in this life figured out. But you are making the mistake of living for the dot rather than the line. And you are in that seat saying, you know what, I'm a good person. I go to church every once in a while. But I am not a Christian. I know I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you want to begin that relationship with Jesus, you want Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you for your sin. So that you can know that you'll spend not only eternity with him, but you can begin to live for him right now. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to make that decision to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, I want you to pray this prayer silently between you and God in your seat. Just pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I don't want to live another day without you, Jesus. And I definitely don't want to spend eternity without you. I need you right now. Come into my life and save me. Thank you for your love. Thank you for salvation. Help me to live for you from this moment forward to the best that I can. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking around, nobody's looking around. Did you just do that? If you are here today and today you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, you want to begin a relationship with Him. If, you, if today you made that decision or you are making that decision saying, today I'm done living just for the die. I want to begin to live for the line. I need Jesus Christ in my life. Today was for you. This is your day. And I'm going to count the three. And as soon as I say three, the very second... I say three. Don't hesitate or even look around. As soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high up in the air to indicate today I am giving my life to Jesus Christ. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you. Raise your hand high, up high, and hold it. There's a hand right here. Anybody else? Two other hands. Anybody else? If you are making that decision today. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm challenging you to do this. I see two hands in the back. God bless you. Anybody else? You raise those hands. Anybody else? Listen, here's what I want to say to you today. Jesus never told us to keep this decision to ourselves. He always told us to make it public. Listen, hey, if you just raised your hand, I want you to put your hand down. I want you to look at me right now. If you raised your hand, look at me right now. Can you do that for a second? I want you to look at me. If you didn't raise your hand, but you're saying, Mark, I need to be saved, I want you to look at me. Jesus always told us to make the decision to give our lives to him public. And today we want to help you and we want to celebrate with you as you've made the most important decision of your life. So if today you raised your hand to give your life to Jesus... If today you raise your hand to give your life to Jesus, doesn't matter where you're at. Listen, everybody around you—they're not going to care. I want you to stand up right now. and Make your way to the back right now. We've got some free—we got a Bible. We've got things we want to put in your hand. We want to help you with that decision. If you've made that decision today, get up right now, out of your seat. Make your way to the end of the aisle. Go to the auditorium. Go to the back of the room right now. Just go. Hey, people are moving right now. People are moving right now. If you need to take somebody with you, do it. You get up and go right now. People are moving. People are moving. People are going to the back. Listen, is this for you today? If so, get up and go. Don't sit in that seat. Oh, man, people will know. People will laugh at me. Hey, you know what? Who cares? We're not living for the dot. We're living for the line. If God's speaking into your life today, and today you've given your life to Jesus, you make your way to the back right now as people are moving. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for people who have crossed over from death to life. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for fresh start and for new hope. And God, we give you all the glory for what you've done here today. And Father, we ask for every person that's made this decision, God, that today you'd give them the strength to keep walking with you. God, I pray for every Christian that raised their hand earlier as they've said they want to begin to live for the line more rather than the dot. God, do in them everything that you have got to do to make that a reality. Father, we love you. Thank you that we were made for more. Amen. Summit, let's praise God, and let's celebrate with everybody that's there, everybody that's made this decision today. Let's let them know that we are with them. Hey, here's what I want us to do. I want you to be really still, really still for just a second. I want you to look at me for one minute, okay? Look at me for one second. Some of you, you made that decision, and you, maybe you didn't get up and go to the back, or maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you're thinking, you know what? I need to be safe today. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want every person right now to grab their connection card you got when you walked in. Just go ahead and grab it. Just go ahead and grab it right now. And if you made the decision to give your life to Christ, but maybe for some reason or other you didn't get up and go to the back, hey, listen, that's fine. On the back of that card, check that you gave your life to Christ. And in just a second, when you leave, there's going to be volunteers. Drop that card in a basket. We want to get you something this week. We want to get you a free Bible. We want to put in your hand a book that we've written for you But listen, if you've made that decision today, don't leave until you've indicated it on the card. Drop it off out there. If God's leading you to take another step, hey, you know what? Put it on the back of that card. Put how we can pray for you. Man, I'm excited for what God's done. I think it's a strong start to our new series. Hey, guys, next week we're in part two of The Blessed Life. Man, love you guys. You guys are dismissed. We will see you next week. Or if you're in a life group, see you in a life group. Love you guys.